but also said, how about singing songs? And I like to sing, don't get me wrong, but I don't like to sing in front of a big choir or a big crowd, okay? But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to let the devil rob and chill, I mean rob and kill and destroy what we got going on here because of my lack of faith on what I should be doing. And it makes it hard because I'm going to tell you, April said she didn't know what that song that song was, but God knew exactly what that song And I was just like, are you kidding me? Because somebody asked me to, to get up there and stand and sing Wednesday night, and I said, I will. I'll get up there and sing. But I didn't have no plans on getting up here and singing that song. But let me tell you, if you serve God long enough, if you serve him true from the bottom of your heart, he is going to ask you to do things that are uncomfortable to you. And I do not mind getting up here right, right behind this pulpit. That does not make me uncomfortable. But you get a mic and a songbook in front of me, and I am as an un as uncomfortable as it gets. I'm just going to tell you. But that's okay. Because I feel like, and I know in my heart, Butch, that the Lord was very uncomfortable when he went to the cross for me. And so that's if, if that's the least I have to do for him, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. He done way too much for me, and I've came too far, and I've seen this church grow. I've seen the youth grow. I've talked about having faith. I've talked about doing things for God, and I'm not going to sit down because of my faults or my fears and, and not let these guys see me that, I'm, that I will be willing to do whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So tonight, Butch asked me Sunday to get up here and, and do Monday night and, and come up here Wednesday. And I have, I'm telling you, I've had the, the hardest time when I, I'm be honest with you, Butch. When I seen you, when I when I heard Chase was home, I was like, "Well, thank you, Lord," because I've been asked. I've I've studied all day. I've studied yesterday, and I just ain't had what I felt like God wanted. And I've studied, and I was, and then nothing scared. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I talked about fear, but I guess standing the night, and I knew I was gonna stand, but. It just, it's a scary thought when you have to stand and you just feel like you have to stand completely on faith tonight. And I, I'm just telling you, that's scary. I, I mean, if I was to come up to you and say, Joshua, you, I need you to come up here and preach tonight, you can be like, uh, 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 well, that's how I feel tonight. I've studied and I feel like, and I've, I've prayed, and I mean, I was to the point I said, God, on the way home from work, I said, God, I need to know what you want. I told April and Chase on the way over here, I'm struggling tonight. But I'm going to stand. Because that's what I didn't, I didn't choose. God chose it. So 
I want to go to the book of Joshua. We'll start there and we'll see where it goes. The book of Joshua and chapter, when I find it, three. Chase was telling me something. He says, well, you know you can go here and you talk about this. And I was like, I know. I said, but it's not my choice. Joshua chapter 3. And, and it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense when I, I got to thinking about what all I've been struggling with, with standing tonight and talking about coming up here and singing and doing these things, and it seems like um, this day and time, the young people, and not only young people, but even the old people, we, we talk about revivals and things that's been taking place and how we are growing. And you hear of, like, maybe older people talk about revivals that they've had in the past where thousands of people came to the Lord. And all these people come to the Lord. And we talked about, you know, where the Holy Spirit come down and the Holy Spirit ministered to people. And, and I mean, we even talked, well, I think, Robbie, even you even talked about Elijah the other day. And when they buried him, that even when they laid him in the, into the tomb, that just his bones, that the spirit that was just in his bones caused the man to be healed. And so I think about how we are longing, you know, we talked about when we went to Arise and me and April went there and we were standing outside and the kids was out there and they was beating on the doors to get in to have service. I mean, pass you in line, push you out of the way to get in to have service because they was wanting in their spirit to feel the presence of God. And so you say, well, I don't want to kill that. And so we're talking about here in Joshua, and the children of Israel have been in bondage and was got out of bondage, and now they've been walking in the wilderness for 40 years. And throughout the 40 years, God told Moses that he was not going to enter into the, the promised land, and of all the people that left that had all the disbelief, they was not going to be able to enter into the promised land because they didn't believe and they didn't trust. And so this generations and generations of these people for 40 years, you think about the kids that was born in the wilderness and the families that was in the wilderness, they haven't seen a miracle in quite some time. Now you say, well, yeah, they, they, they watched Moses go through the the Red Sea, and he watched them lead them through all these different things, but the young generation here had not seen the power of God. They had not seen none of it because they didn't, they was, they was of the unbelief, and they would just been walking in, in wilderness for 40 years. And so the person who they trusted in, which was Moses, has just passed away. And now Joshua's leading them. And Joshua sent out the spies. They was on the edge of going into the promised land. 
They was right up to the, to the point of crossing over the river and going to the promised land that they had been longing for for 40 years. And they was right to the edge of it. And they got up to the edge and they was sent spies out. Joshua did and they went and looked at Jordan and looked over there and seen what was going to take place. And they come back to him and says, man, we can't take this place. There's too many of them and they're too great and they're too big and we can't do none of this. And then now we're into chapter 3. And you know, chapter 2 was where Rahab, the people all around, knew about the children of Israel, what God has been doing for them. And Rahab was a harlot who God just stopped the whole walking into the promised land to save a soul. And he saved the harlot. And so now we're getting into chapter 3 and what's about to take place. And as, you, as we read this, I want you to think about your life and our life and what have we seen in just the last little bit. I'm not talking about at... North Carolina, I'm not talking about in Mount Airy. I'm talking about right here at Holy Cross. We've seen miracles. Have we not seen miracles? Lord, that was a miracle for me to get up here and sing tonight. Okay? It was a miracle, wait a minute, Terry, for y'all to be here. There's a miracle. Todd, for you to be here. It's a miracle that I'm here, that you're here tonight. You think about where God's brought you from. And it's been, some of us, it's been a long time, and we've been going through a rut in our life that where we've just been walking and going through the motions and doing the same old thing, but God is changing our lives. He's Right before our very eyes, he's fixing to do something. And I believe with all my heart, if you read the word of God, that we are at the edge of stepping into the promised land. We're, we're right there. The Bible's being fulfilled every single day, and we're right on the edge. Right on the edge. And I mean, any minute we can take a step, and everybody's looking back and looking. I gotta get, let me get in here and read this just so you see where I'm at. I get tricked. I almost get ahead of myself. Butch, breath the reading of God's word. Amen. Thank you. Joshua chapter 3 says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came into Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they were commanded to the people, saying, Listen, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, 
and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then shall ye remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way hereto. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow, listen, the Lord will do wonders among you. What he said here, right? And Joshua spake to the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they might know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priest, saying, that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. What? Why is he saying that? And Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God, praise the Lord, is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perjacites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. I'm going to stop there just for a second. And you see what's taking place. God's showing Joshua, he's proven that as his God's man. He's also proven to the people of Israel that first of all, you've got to be right. He said, you've got to sanctify yourselves. You've got to get yourself cleaned up. You ain't going in unless you're clean. Okay, that's what he said. Not my words, his words. Okay, so first of all, in order for you to get into this position, you've got to be ready. You've got to sanctify yourself. You've got to look at your heart. You've got to look at your life, and you've got to get it clean. You need to look at every one of us needs to be looking at our lives every time we get a chance. Every time you pray, every time you talk to God, you should be saying, Lord, forgive me because we're on the edge. We're right on the edge. And so he says, sanctify yourself. Clean your heart up. Look at your life. Make sure, the last thing you want to do is be able to get ready to go over here just like Moses did. And I mean, look at Moses. What a man of God Moses was. That was God's man. That was his prophet. And look how great and all the miracles that he did in his eyes. But what did he tell Moses? You're not going in. Why did he say that to Moses? Because he got into his flesh. His flesh just like we all do, we get in our flesh and we do things that we don't really should do or supposed to do. He got mad and, and got mad and stormed off and throwed down the commandments and just got plumb mad at himself and mad at the people. And look what happened. Look what it cost him. So 
sin is expensive. It will cost you everything. You say, well, I, I said it the other night about a little white lie. A little white lie will get you into hell. Point, period, and blank. And ain't what I said. Liars. Did he say liars would be there? Whoremongers. But he said liars. And then we think, well, just a little one. But he, you've got to make sure that you're sanctified and you're clean in your, in not your own eyes because I'm justified and I can justify myself in my own eyes every single day. If I look at myself, I feel like sometimes I am justified as it gets. But... Oh, how I'm so wrong. Every time I read the Word of God, I find out how little justification I have. <laughs> and I like to look at myself and think, yeah, Marty, you're, that's all right. No, that's not the way it goes. It's, what does God think? And God told him, he says, tell these people to sanctify themselves, get themselves prepared, get ready to go. They've been wondering for 40 years you think they was not anxious to get there? We just sung about what Terry said. I'm going to know how it feels. Right? Because we're anxious to get to heaven. Amen. I'm ready. Right. I feel like it. But we got to make sure. we got to sanctify ourselves. And that's what he told them. Sanctify yourself before you go there. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I don't, I, I sit back and, and think about the wonders that God has already done for us now. Number one, saving me is a wonder. It really is. That's a great thing. I think we just, we come, we, people come up and they make a profession of faith and they say this. And they go back to their seat and they say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. And they go back and act just like they did. And God never saved them. And we, we see these people. But salvation is a great thing. When somebody gets saved, we need to rejoice. We need to be happy. When somebody's life gets changed, we need to be happy. And we need to rejoice with them. And help them. And encourage them. And strengthen them. And help them through the trials of life because I'm going to tell you, if you think it's going to be roses, I said this Monday night, when you get saved, that's the absolute opposite. If a preacher tells you you come up here and all your problems will be fixed the day you get saved, that's a lie. When you come to the altar and you give your heart to Jesus, you do get peace. But it don't make everything perfect. And so too many times we heed to what we think and what the devil thinks. And we listen to the devil. Look, the devil is stout. I said this other night. You know that if you read in Genesis 3 all the way to in the Revelations, who is in there more than anybody else? The devil. The devil's in the Bible all the way through the whole Bible. He's been around longer than I've been around. He's been along, around 
when God created the whole place. And he knows. He, so he might can trick Scotty and he might can trick me, but he's been tricking people through all the ages. And he knows, how, he knows what works and what don't work. He knows exactly. He's like, man, I tried it on this. I tried this on Moses and it didn't work, so I'm going to try it on Marty. Or I tried this on Jesus and it didn't work for him, but I'll try it on everybody else. And he wins a lot of the times. So you got to understand we are on the brink of the edge. Sanctify yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake of the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over for the pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. So I got to think about that. Of all the things that I've had to deal with and all the things that I go through with and through this walk of life, who is going to be right there in front of me? The Lord's going to be there right in front of you. He's going to be walking with you and helping you and getting you through it. And we don't give him the credit. Terry, you and Waynette in the last six months, almost, really it's been about a year, has it not, Waynette? Is your, your hip, your legs started hurting them, and you've been going through this. And God's got you through every single last bit of it. Even when it looked like there was no hope. Jesus was right there with you, Terry. He was holding you as you walked the halls. He was right there holding your hand, being with you. Even when I couldn't be there, when uh, Butch couldn't be there, your family was there, there was somebody there, but more important than anybody else, God was right there working miracles before we ever got there. Was he not? If he wasn't, Waynette, you wouldn't be here. You'd be up in heaven. But God was right there in front of him. Every step that Terry had to make, God was right there with you helping you and guiding you and protecting you. And, and, and even when your faith got a little bit weak, somebody was there to help you, just like it was here. I want to get to this other point here in a minute. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they might know that as I was with Moses, so will I will be with thee, and that shalt command the priest to bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink, of the water, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and he that among you, and that he will without fail drive out all these different ones and go to 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the souls, listen, of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the, Lo the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and thou shalt stand upon a heap. So they get there. Can you imagine what they're thinking? They're about to take that step. The step that they've been wanting. And 
Joshua done said, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to go. You're going to wait till the Ark of the Covenant goes, and then you're going to follow. You've got to stay this far back, but this is what you've got to do. I believe with all my heart that they sat there, and these people, and everybody looked around, because this is, remember, this is some of the generations that did not see all the miracles, and they was going, what's going to happen now? And I believe that they was like I'd be. Remember, they haven't seen all these great miracles like some of the other generations because that generation had to die off before they could go in. And they got there and it was waiting. It says, as soon as his feet touch, I believe that they've sat there just like, this is how I was looking at it. Is it going to happen? Are we going to, this is what you said it was going to happen. Because they hadn't seen the miracles of God. They had to just believe completely on faith. Do we not think the same thing nowadays? When's the last time, we just talked about Wayne when's the last time that you've seen a miracle in your life? Of some, whatever it may be. And you would get there and you're, you're like, well, I prayed about this, but I'm just, I keep waiting. I'm waiting for, for the miracle. Right? That's the way they are. They're waiting. I'm going to wait and see if is the water going to move. That's the way we are. That's exactly the way we are. We pray about something. We'll come to the altar and we'll give it all to God. God, I want you to take care of this and I'm going to go back to my seat. And the first thing I do is I'm looking back saying, where's it at? Where's my miracle? I keep using you, Terry and Wynette, just because of the time that it took. It was a long time. We was praying. You guys was praying. Me and April was praying. Chase was praying. Scotty was praying. The whole church was praying. And every time we got we we would pray, we would we get a little bit of bad news. Just a little bit. And what did the devil tell us? It ain't gonna happen. We every every time we got one, we we it's like we got over one step and here's another one. You get over one step and here's another one. That's the way it was, was it? And it was just like, well, Lord, you did almost feel bad. You're like, well, I know I prayed. I know I prayed for this. And Butch is like, I seen the butterfly. We claim the butterfly. We claim the healing. But every time we turned around, it was a, felt like we took one, Terry, how many times did me and you talk about this? In the, in the parking garage, we take one step forward and feel like we took ten back. Man, what a test. I'm telling you. They've been wandering in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. You think they was thinking, well, we, we, we was promised this. Are we going to get to go? We was promised this. We've seen the butterfly. We was promised. Held on to it. 
Even though the devil kept saying, doctors, nurses, ain't going to happen. There's no way this is going to happen. It can't happen. What does that do to your faith? I'm telling you. That is a test of faith. That you just have to say, you know what? I am hanging on no matter what. That's what they were sitting here. They was right there at the edge. They was right at the edge of the water. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the souls of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it shall come to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they, excuse me, that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, the water that overfloweth all his banks all the time through in of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. They got to the edge. They had to listen to God. They had to have faith in God. They had to completely trust God, even though they've never seen this happen before. But when they stepped down, when they dipped their souls into the water, the water stopped. The ones that flowed down, and if you study about the Jordan, it comes down from the mountains, and it runs down, and it's quite a, it's not just a little creek, okay? This ain't just a little small stream. Where did this heap come from? A heap is like a dam. Where did that come from? Think it takes a little while to, to make a dam? It don't take God no time. He says, you just got to do it. And the waters stopped. Can you imagine? They had never seen a miracle. This generation. Our generation has not seen too many miracles. That we really look for. But we really have. If we'll just have faith. If we'll just trust. We're here at church with a miracle. It's a miracle that we're, I mean, we got a, a big crowd here tonight. We're growing spiritually, getting stronger spiritually. You think that they didn't get stronger when they seen that? I mean, my goodness. One more verse, let's read it. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm dry ground in the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until 
all the people were passed clean over Jordan. So God parted the Red Sea in front of their very eyes and promised them all these promises. I said, spoke about promises Monday night. Every, this book is full of promises. You'll just claim them. Every single one of them. Not just one, not just two. Every one of them, if you'll just do what God says to do. So, the generation that left Egypt, including Moses, because of sin, because of disobedience, didn't get to step into the promised land. But the ones that did, had to do what God told them to do, to clean themselves up, sanctify themselves, and have faith and trust God. And they walked on dry ground to Jordan, to where all the blessings was at. God gave them, he says, look, if you'll just, you'll just listen to me and follow me, Butch, I will, I'll lead you to the promised land. It's, it's as simple as it gets. If you'll just say, you know what? I can't do what I want to do. It's got to be, I talked about it Monday night. It's got to be 100%. And if you'll just do what God says, you will. I'm going to, as Terry, you said, I'm going to know what it feels like. And I'm going to get to see all these things. Why? Because of faith. Trust, salvation, and just believing in the Almighty God. And He will get you through if you'll just let Him. That's what we just got to do. Do what He says. Don't live for Marty. Live for the Lord. Whether it gets uncomfortable and you got to come up here and sing. Whatever. Hey. I'm going I'm I'm all in. We got a thing at work. It's all in on safety, Terry. Big long video you got to watch. It's all in. Praise the Lord. You ain't going unless you're all in. Okay? You're not going to make it. All or nothing. All or nothing. That's all I got. And they said this town or wherever they went, wherever he went over there, they told him I'd never, never heard the gospel before. And he said, man, what opportunity, you know. And so they had, uh, you know, interpreters there for him. And he didn't know how to talk that language. And he didn't understand their language. And uh, he said, and the Spirit of God got all over me. And, he said, I was the preaching and the interpreter was the interpreter and people got the shouting and the praising the Lord. And he said, I didn't know if they'd ever heard it or not, but he said, I'm going to tell you what, they sure act like they'd never heard it. <coughs> and he said, and I believe every one of them got saved. I can feel the Holy Spirit of God all over them saying that. He said, I believe every one of them got saved. 
And he said, because there's all crying and rejoicing. You know, they got it right. Amen. And that's what we got to do. We just got to get it right. You know, there's people, there's people in this world still ain't heard the gospel, but that's our job, Amen. you know, get the gospel to them. Amen. And uh, we've been given a great opportunity to do that, uh, helping missionaries to help them in these other countries. And, you know, your prayers mean everything. Uh, what you do means everything. And, and he told them, sanctify themselves, because when them priests, they will see us God. That's the most sacred thing that they had was the Ark of the Covenant yes. and that was God's holy presence with them and, the, and those priests when they stepped their foot there to that water it was dry ground was dry. you know and uh, that's God he'll always make a way Amen. always make a way great message I enjoyed it I enjoyed it anybody else got anything let's stand if you want to come to the altar and pray well, we'll, we'll pray tonight uh, but uh, just mind the Lord. Uh, Marty, thank you for the message. It was a, a great message. Enjoyed hearing it. Uh, it's good to be reminded of God's word. That's, what we, that's all we can do is remind you. We don't get up here and try to preach ourselves. We, we were just remind you what God's already said and done. If he done it for them, he'll do it for you and he'll do it for me. And uh, so, see, the same God that delivered um, Moses and, and the children of Israel all down through the ages, and, and uh, many of them rebelled on God, and then they really suffered for it, and they're still suffering for it today. But, you know, um, sanctify yourselves. Get yourselves right where God can sanctify you. Amen? That's what you got to do. You got to come clean with God before God can clean you up. Amen? And uh, and then we can sing the song that we sung tonight. I'm going to know how it feels because of the relationship I have with God. That's what was wrong with the five foolish virgins. They didn't have no relationship. And they were virgins. But you can't get good enough to get to heaven. You know, it, it ain't on account. I ain't getting there on account of uh, my goodness. I'm getting there on account of the goodness of God. In the mercy and grace of God. Let's bow our heads. Our dear Lord, we thank you for the privilege and honor it's been to come and and uh, partake in thy word, Lord, and it's food for our soul. It just reminds us how blessed we are and how much we are to be grateful and thankful for. And we just thank you for the man of God that brought it tonight. Lord, continue to use him for your honor and glory. Pray that you give him souls for his labors and all those that stand and preach thy word. And, and Father, go out and help lead others unto Christ, Lord. That's the, that's the greatest gift of all, Father, is to see others saved. So, Father, we just uh, thank you for the privilege and honor to set under your word tonight. And we thank you for everyone that come to hear it. So, Father, just may your truest blessings be upon all these that's uh, here with us tonight and those that watch our program. We pray for them and all that's in need, and we pray for the hungry, and we pray for the lost today, and we give you money praise for everything you've done, especially for saving us. Just like Marty said, can you believe that I'm saved? Well, I am, and I know I am, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Praise the Lord. You be dismissed.